Hello everyone, this is JPO, and today I'm joined with... Matthew here. Yes, and we're a podcast name in brackets. And today we'll be talking about the Zack Snyder Justice League movie. Um, yeah. All four hours. All four hours. Oh, hopefully um, it doesn't take us that long to talk about it, but you it, never know. Oh, let's hope not. I mean, that's just a lot. It's a lot of movie to talk about. Yeah, Especially, it, it's, it's also a lot of movie to remember, so... Yeah, um, yeah we, we saw it, what, a week ago? Two weeks ago? I think it's like two weeks ago now that we watched it. Um, so, like, we both watched the Josh Whedon version before we watched the Disney one, right? Yep. It, it, if you can call it watched and not cringed into my the palm of my hand, then yes. yeah, yeah we, I watched it as well. Yes. And so, yeah, um, gosh, we did a podcast when the other one came out way back when. Yeah, that, that was a while ago. Yeah, was, we were very positive back then. What, one year for each, for each hour of the, of the Snyder Cup? Oh my gosh, has it been that long? It's been that long, 27. Oh my gosh, we're so old now, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. Getting up there in years. Yeah. Remember when the Joss Whedon cut came out? Yeah, I remember just the whole release of Snyder Cut, just when that whole thing started. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy story. Yeah, this Uh, is like something that I never thought that we would actually get, but we finally have it now. Yeah. And I'm just glad we have it, you know? I would I would almost like to see a documentary about like the the last four years and how how it all came about because it's interesting. Oh, I'm sure we'll get one. I, I think it's maybe more interesting than the movie itself. Um, but, oh, but that, that's a, that's a discussion oh. for later. Oh, Matthew, you 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 <laughs> you guy, you guy with your jokes. Um. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I'd say that this film was better than the Whedon version. Yeah, I, I would. By a lot. Assessment. Yeah. It, it, I mean, and a lot of the, that is for, like, the obvious reasons of you have more time to spend with the characters, so the characters feel more fleshed out. Yeah. Um, I, I was surprised. I think of the Snyder films I've seen... This is one of the more balanced in terms of tone. Okay. It's, yeah. I I don't know. It just feels a little less sort of self-serious. It's still very serious, um, but less kind of, like, dark and nihilistic. Sure. And maybe it's just that I haven't seen any of his other films in a while. I don't think I've rewatched Batman vs Superman since that, since the year that came out, the definitive edition. So yeah, I mean that's a long time ago now. So yeah, uh, four four hour movie. I I've seen it three times. Well, which that, is that, that is a lot. That's a lot. I do kind of regret it. Uh, that's twelve whole hours. I do. I do. I do, re- I do regret it 
more so that I, it's a lot of hours, but yeah. I just, you know, I just wanted to make sure, you know, you gotta, yeah, you gotta make sure. I mean, it's, I mean, it's an exciting, it's an event movie, and of course, it's like it's on HBO Max, and it's like easily accessible to watch it. So, yeah, get get done with it immediately, start it back up. Yeah, and because you know I've seen it three times. And it's been so long since we last saw it. Just, I don't have a whole lot to really say about the movie. I really don't. It just exists. And things happen in it. So, uh... I don't know. What do you want to talk about, Matthew? Um, yeah, maybe we should kind of go character by character. Uh... Um, just briefly. I, I don't know. I don't have too much to say on each character, but I, I think that's a way to structure this because I sure. don't entirely remember the chronology of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I guess, like, we should start with Shakira. Uh, yeah, Wonder Woman. Um, <laughs> no, Shakira. Oh, Shakira? Shakira. Sure. We can we start with Shakira. Yeah, let's start with Shakira. You know, she she's the backup vocal for every... Wonder Woman and Amazonian stuff that happens. Yeah, yeah, they have they have a um a, a strange new theme for her. Yeah, I, which, I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of it. I don't but... like it. I I don't like it. I don't think it's it's fine one time. Even then, it's pushing it, but it's <laughs> throughout the entire movie, and it just sounds like Shakira. Screeching. Yeah, I, I I didn't mind it as much. I think if you hadn't pointed it out to me, I wouldn't have even necessarily noticed much. But it, it was maybe a bit over the top. <laughs> um, but yeah, besides that, music was fine. Yeah, I I, I don't remember the music from either movie really all that vividly, so. I think not, not the, the best, not the worst. Did it really stand out to me? So yeah, I mean, at least the music in this movie was more consistent with this universe. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Let's let's start with who should we begin with, Matthew? Wonder Woman. Well, yeah, we we can start with Wonder Woman. Um, I mean, she's my favorite of the DC EU heroes. Ah, okay. I think of the characters, she has kind of the least arc, but I, I thought she had a lot to do, which was nice. Um, I, I particularly liked the way they brought in her day job as like a an art historian. Um, they, they brought that in in some interesting ways. I thought, sure, and yeah. a lot of the a lot of the more distasteful stuff from the. Joss Whedon cut is gone. Um, mm -hmm. I, I assume that is the difference in creators. So, based on what we now know of Joss Whedon, um, yeah, I, I thought I thought that this was a, especially after Wonder Woman 1984, which I didn't dislike as much as other people, but I do agree that it was maybe a disappointing follow-up. Um, it, it was cool to see her being cool again in this type of movie. Yeah. Um, she was cool. 
her fight scenes were cool. Yeah. That that's yeah. all I have to say. I just prefer I don't know, she was just cool. Yeah. I, I think she had a good um fight with Oh now, now I'm blanking on all the characters. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not really much to say Wonder Woman. She fights, she's Amazon, she's cool. Uh she loves Steve Trevor. Yeah, uh, that's less so in this movie. That that isn't her only character. Is that, it? Yeah, Steve Trevor. Yeah, I, yeah. I do. I do remember in the Joss Whedon cut that felt like that was her only character. I mean, Whereas, they uh, brought here, him. They brought, brought him up here, which as you probably, I, yeah, she probably talk about that moment where she talks about the plane. Yeah, she's like, I know a man who would love to fly it. Which is a line that makes no sense. It, it's a very forced line. It, it is. It's a forced line, and on top of that, Steve Trevor was a spy more than he was a pilot. Yeah. Sure, when he first appeared, he was flying a plane, but he did it to escape. And the second time he flew a plane, it was to blow up and die. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he he did fly a plane in um. Wonder I wouldn't. Woman I wouldn't say that he loves flying planes, given his track record. Yeah. So, um, that line didn't really doesn't really really make much sense to me. Even though Steve Trevor in the comics, I believe, was a uh, a fighter, flight fight flight flighter fighter, whatever you call him. Fighter, uh, pilot. fighter pilot, yeah, fighter pilot, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did think it felt like the callback was kind of part of the, like, this is part of a cinematic universe, so you want to remind people what's going on. And I would guess when people think Steve Trevor, they think pilot. Um, So, so it didn't bother me necessarily, but I, I did appreciate that it was only one line rather than her spending the entire movie oh, yeah. about something that happened a hundred yeah. years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, then, you know, 1984 brings him back. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, there, there's issues with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I do think, I, I think Zack Snyder knows how to use Wonder Woman well. Yeah, um, especially in this one, um, I thought she was also used well in Batman versus Superman, though maybe not as much as she could have been in the movie. But yeah, I I I, I enjoyed her in this film. I thought, I mean, Gal Gadot does wonderful job acting, um, holds her own among a very talented cast. Yeah, and yeah. Wonderful character. Ho- hope that there's more in the future for her that's better than 1984, but we'll see. Yeah, is there anything else we should say about Wonder Woman? I mean, we we can talk about the rest of the Amazons here since. Uh, there's really not much to talk about. They fought. They were cool. I I did. They like lost. The extended fight scene with them was it, it felt better than in the um 
the Joss Whedon cut, there, there, it felt like there was more going on. Um, I, I wouldn't say it was revolutionary, but it, it was good. Yeah. I, I do, I will, I will say, and maybe, I mean, this is, this is relevant to a lot of the film, but the color grading for Themyscira just felt off. Because in the original Wonder Woman movie, the 2000... When did that come out? Was 17. that 2017? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in that one, like, Themyscira is supposed to be this bright and very beautiful and green place. Whereas in, in this film, it's just kind of gray and drab like everywhere else. Um, and I, I know that's the Zack Snyder style, but I thought it might have been nice to get a bit more contrast um that that and also the underwater stuff well you know it's been a hundred years matthew yeah it, it has <laughs> been a hundred years but i i don't know i i like the color and that, that's sure yeah no i get you color is fine think, yeah but i think for what it is in this movie it works i mean it's, it's snyder's style and i understand sure. that i i do think the slow motion and the color grading are probably the things about Snyder stylistically that I have the most issue with. Um, and, and both of those are like less relevant in this film. I think he kind of dialed it back a bit, um, which, which I thought was good. Um, but but I still could have used a little bit more color in the Themyscira and underwater scenes just, just to give it that, you know, because they're magical places. You want that contrast. Sure. Uh, so yeah, let's. I guess we should move on to what? Well, let let's do Batman because he's kind of the other. I guess, I guess he actually isn't the the main character of this cut, but. Well, I guess no, he kind of is. Kind of. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit more of an ensemble. Sure. Um, but yeah, we can do Batman. Okay. Batman. Um, thought he was cool. I mean, yeah. I just, I just love seeing that bat suit. I just think it's one of the nicer, more comic book accurate bat suits. Yeah. That I've seen in live action. Yeah. It's It's very different from the other ones that have been on screen. It's just nice to look at. Yeah. Did, um I don't I don't remember, maybe you do. Did they get rid of that weird vocal effect when he's in the costume? Uh I think they might have. I don't I, I don't think so, but it. I think it was more prominent beforehand. Here okay. it's just more subtle. Yeah. Cuz I remember that bothered me in the Joss Whedon cut, but I mean that's a bit of a nitpick. Sure, Whedon, you know. Oh my gosh, Batman was much better in this one. He was better yeah. treated in this one versus he, Whedon. He arc. Yeah, I mean, and not so much like an arc, but he was just there in the Whedon movie, like. Yeah. He had scenes that didn't really make a whole lot of sense, like the beginning scene with the parademon 
Yeah, that that scene in the Whedon cut was absolutely baffling. Yeah, um, but yeah, Batman didn't show up in his bat suit until like halfway through the movie. Okay, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, you, you don't. But then yeah. he he does. He shows up halfway through the movie, and that's why when he first wears it, it has this epic moment. Yeah, with him standing on the gargoyle. With raining and thunder, it's yeah, pretty cool, yeah. and and very comic booky type moment. Yeah, and he actually did stuff and fought instead yeah. of just being thrown around. It's like, oh, yep, definitely bleeding. Yeah, and and I do think he has an arc in this movie, and it actually retroactively I think fixes some of the issues with Batman versus Superman or maybe maybe fixes is the wrong word recontextualizes might be better be, because in Batman versus Superman the whole thing in that is Batman is completely logic no like faith I mean yeah like he just gave up pretty so, much in that movie just yeah so, so to see him kind of become a more sort of risk, he's willing to take risks, he's willing to, he, he changes very much in a way that I, just didn't seem to happen. In, in the Joss Whedon version, it just seemed like a night and day shift, whereas here, here there's a little bit of time given to it. Um, like, I, I wouldn't really say that a lot of, like, the writing for Batman really felt like Batman, but it was just it was fine. Just yeah. just having that character there just it worked well. Um I will say that his uh scenes with Diana were interesting. Yeah. Especially that one moment where they touched the mouse at the same time. <laughs> Which well, Yeah. Yeah. I- I felt like the they downplayed the romantic stuff. Good, which, which Joss Whedon played up the romantic. Because you know, like as much as I do love the Batman and Wonder Woman romance, I don't think it should be as fast as they were trying to push it in the last movie. Yeah, they're very different characters. Yeah. So. It, it feels a bit strange that they just immediately. It, it feel it feels very forced. Um, it, it's like what what we were just talking about with. It's, I mean, I it's, it, there there's a guy and a girl, and they're in the same general vicinity. So, oh, now they must be in love. Well, uh, I, I think it's also just trying to reference the the kids cartoon. Yeah. Where Batman and Wonder Woman had like a. A tease there, yeah, which was really nice and more well developed than this, but still, it's just hints, you know. Yeah, and who knows what would have happened if Zack Snyder was able to make the next film in the DC saga? Um, who know? Who knows what direction that would have gone? Yeah, because I do feel like there is some subtext there that there could be a relationship in the future. Yeah. Especially I don't know. 
forget. No, I just. And just... I mean, if it's well developed. Yeah. Well. And that, and, I, won't, and it, I won't say well developed, but it's developed. Yeah. And it takes the it gives Wonder Woman a different thing to do besides pine for Steve Trevor eternally. Um, <laughs> sure. Which, yeah. Which is, and that, that feels like a very old trope of like the the female characters in love and then never falls in love again. Um, it, it it seems very sort of reductive to Wonder Woman as a as a character. Sure. But she would still be hung up on this guy hundreds of years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Batman is mostly covered. Yeah, um, um, maybe we should talk a bit about Alfred and I don't know. Alfred, Alfred is just cute in this movie. Yeah, I just I really liked his scenes. He was just so fun to watch. Yeah, he he bounced well off of the different characters. He he has like that right amount of sass that balances out mm-hmm. um, Batman sort of edginess. And also just. That scene with the T, yes, that, I just, I just really loved. Yeah. I, I think that that's a very good example of how you can have humor in a film and still have a serious tone. Yeah, and it's also um, just a very subtle thing. It's just yeah. Alfred trying to be the butler. Yeah. And just trying to serve tea to Diana, who's essentially a princess. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. And it's wonderful because I think Snyder kind of, in his other films, struggles to find good places for humor. So I felt like that that moment was a very good humor moment mm-hmm. that that didn't break with the tone of the film. I think I think some of the other humor kind of did a little bit, um, <laughs> but but that that scene felt. Very well integrated, very good character moment for both characters. Um, yeah, that that's the kind of thing that in a four-hour version of the film, you get those kind of smaller moments that might not have made it into the theatrical cut. Um, it, it might have if Zack Snyder was given his way, but yeah, that, the, those are the types of things I look for when I watch a long movie. Yeah. Um... So yeah, let's move on to um, the Flash. <laughs> yeah, speaking speaking of humor that doesn't quite fit in. Oh boy. <laughs> I, I, mean, mean, I mean, he he fits in most of the time. His introduction scene is just so strange. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I think the hot dog just takes it way too far over the edge. It's 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 really the music. The music as well. I think it's a lot of things. The the setup for the scene <laughs> it's just it's so Saturday morning cartoon in a film that is very not Saturday morning cartoon. Like I it honestly feels like the type of scene that Joss Whedon would have filmed. It feels like that scene belonged in the two thousand seventeen version. Cause it's just so silly and strange. Um, yeah, I don't really think that Snyder has a full grasp on the Barry Allen character because yeah. I never really once felt that this was his character. 
he was just I don't know the writing for his comedy wasn't really that funny um he was just weird he was worse in the Whedon version but you know still (laughs) not perfect here yeah I will say what this movie does better is his action scenes yeah like he does more stuff and he's useful and it's really cool to watch. Yeah, I, I think this film, this cut of the movie, better understands what to do with him. Um, and I do like Ezra Miller's performance yeah, and right. humor style in general, so so I might be a bit biased. But yeah, I felt this worked. I don't really felt that his style fits this character, but yeah. Okay. I, I mean, and I'm not familiar with the Barry Allen character from the comics or the show really so I can't speak to I, I felt like having the flash though as the comedic relief worked for this film yeah I mean the flash comics. is always a comedic character yeah but his comedy in this film wasn't really that great in s- some aspects yeah I, I can see that it, it never really bothered me except for that introduction scene yeah i mean yeah i think this introduction scene was cool for his slowing down of time yeah uh we get to see iris west and that's about it but the whole creepy stalker thing yeah was a little bit much yeah and especially when you like look into Ezra Miller in real life it feels a little more icky but (laughs) I mean yeah it it took me out of the film more than most of the scenes which in in a four hour film if there's a few duds in there then yeah that's going to be the case but I I almost wish there were a three hour cut that kind of cut down on some of the less useful scenes And, and yeah but something that was really surprised is that he has a moment. He has a moment in this movie where he saves the day, pretty much. Yeah. No, but I did not expect. No. I didn't see that coming at all. Which we'll get to later. But it's a really good moment. Really cool. Good music. Oh. Yeah. yeah. No. No. They. They did. They did good with the character. Even though, if he you, had more to do. Even though if you start thinking about what acts actually happening, it's it doesn't make much sense. No, I mean but it's about it's as so much cool. The ending to the original Superman movie way back when. But. Well, no, not so much that part. It's just we'll just get to that later. Okay, we'll get to that later. Um, now we have Aquaman. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about Aquaman. I, he's, I think He's just the same, honestly. I, I think I like him in his solo movie more than I like him here. I don't think I don't think he works as a brooding character the way Jason Momoa plays him. I think this Aquaman in this movie was more of a setup for his yeah, movie yeah. than he was and, you know, and I, not, yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, part of the problem is you already have 
so many brooding characters in a Zack Snyder film that you kind of want the sort of crazy, over-the-top, fun energy that Jason Momoa has as an actor um, and had in his solo film. And I think here I, I kind of missed that. I, I can't really say I remember much of him as a character. Yeah, um, well, at least this one we have that scene. Yeah, we, we do have that interesting scene. I, the Iceland stuff, Iceland is a beautiful country. <laughs> they have some good cinematography. Beautiful culture. Too 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 much glacier shots for <laughs> Batman on his horse. But again, you need to get to that four hour runtime, so yeah. I understand that. Um I I don't quite understand why Batman speaks Icelandic. Um but Well you know, we'll, Batman speaks many languages. Yeah, well we'll 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 just skip over that to talk about the absolutely wild scene where a, a lady sniffs Aquaman's shirt while uh, an Icelandic choir sings behind her. <laughs> like, here's the thing. If the song was just playing it was a very quick moment, it'd be fine. But it, it just it keeps holding on that group. Yeah. For yeah. so long, and it just gets so uncomfortable really fast. Yeah, the the whole even just the sniffing Aquaman shirt is strange. But then when you hold on that, and then the choir in the background, I mean, it was entertaining. It, it was entertaining. I will give it that. I don't think it was <laughs> meant to be entertaining, but it was very entertaining. Sure, it was. I think it was supposed to be more symbolic of how Aquaman has become. This godlike figure to these people that the women are pawning for him. I don't know. I I don't know because that I mean it makes sense with his character in this film, but not in his solo film. It, it was just a weird moment that I I mean and yeah you have to hit the four hour runtime. Sure. I don't know why they filmed that scene in the first place, but they did. So they're like, <laughs> okay, here's where we'll throw it in. Yeah. Ah, uh, he has. More scenes on the water, which were nice. Yeah, uh, and the underwater stuff. I mean, besides the like weird air bubbles for any time the dialogue scenes happen, which like, makes sense I, I to me. I, I wasn't. A, I I thought it worked in Aquaman when they just talked. Yeah, but I understand. I understand why they did the whole bubble thing because yeah. no, you don't. I, I understand where they're, and it seems like it seems like Justice League was developed quite a while before Aquaman was in Like, production. clearly, like, Mera is a completely different character. Yeah, yeah. And Mira, Mira did have a cool blood-bending scene. Um, sure, yes. And a, and a weird British accent. Um, <laughs> oh, Amber Heard, you're not really yeah. an actress. I mean, I mean, again, though, I go back to the complaint of I just wish it were more colorful underwater. I, I miss I miss the the because the Aquaman movie is just so much fun and a big part of that is the bright colors and the it just it feels like its own thing. I think there's a version of this movie in black and white. Yeah, honestly, that might work better. That might work better because then you don't notice how. The colors are. 
Dying. But yeah, but besides these underwater scenes, Aquaman doesn't really have much new stuff in the final battle. He doesn't really add much except stabbing Steppenwolf in the back. Yeah. And, I mean, he's a difficult character to fit into battle situations with a giant team. Kind of, kind of like Batman. When you, when you have Wonder Woman and you have Superman, anyone who can't fly is kind of at a major disadvantage. But even Batman had more to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one thing I forgot to talk about with The Flash. Um, it feels like everyone in this film has super speed. Because, <laughs> and part, part of it is the overuse of slow motion. Sure. Because that's not just the thing Flash does. But there were several moments where Wonder Woman was moving at super speed. And obviously the whole Superman turning his head very ominously. Like, that that's cool. But when Wonder Woman's also doing it, and I think Aquaman might have had a moment of doing it. Uh, I think no, Cyborg he, did. Aquaman didn't have that moment. Cyborg okay. didn't Cyborg, have that moment. I think, no. I think there was... Anyway, it cheapened the character of Flash a little bit. Well, if, if I'm thinking about it, it was like those other characters are capable of being faster than normal. It's just yeah. that Flash is much faster than them. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand that. That's it, why a, when Superman thing. fights the Flash, he's much slower. Yeah. But he's still fast. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's more of a nitpick than an actual issue. No, I get that. I was, th- I was thinking about that, but now it's just like, nah, Flash is faster. <laughs> that's That's what he's good for. He's just faster. Um, so Cyborg is really the meat of this film, pretty much. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, it surprised me. It, it really did, retro, yeah. In retrospect, knowing what we now know about Joss Whedon, it shouldn't have surprised me. Um, but yeah, he, he's the heart of the film. And I just, I really liked Cyborg in this film. I really did. I, I wasn't I, expecting to. But I was surprised that I just did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I thought he was a very well developed character. Um, per- personally, I I've been watching Doom Patrol, and I think that interpretation of the character works better for me. Um, so I I was kind of comparing the two watching this. I I think. I mean. Of all the but, cyborgs, but, this is not my favorite, yeah. but I really liked yeah. how this one worked. Much better interpretation than the Josh Whedon cut, obviously. Oh my, yeah, because he has a backstory. Yeah. He has... I, I like that that whole scene of the him and the bank and sort of all yeah. of the, like, inside his head and imagining that. I, it, it works very well. Um, yeah, it, it just happens that I've been watching Doom Patrol recently, so that was kind of on my mind watching this movie and, yeah. And, like, he had an arc in this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which was really nice he, to see. He's, he's the heart of the film. Yeah. It, it's that, That's why I said Batman isn't really the main character, because if anyone is the main character, it's Cyborg. Mm-hmm, he, yeah. He, who has the development, he's the one who has the 
arc. Um, he, he's he's the heart of the film, and it's his story that kind of propels the emotion of the story. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't say his catchphrase in this movie, but you know, yeah, it's and fine. I think, that, I think that would have clashed with his portrayal here. He's much more of a brooding character. Um, it's, which, you know, it's, I mean, it makes sense for where he's at in life. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of trauma in his past. So personally, like I I do, like I said, I enjoy the Doom Patrol interpretation of the character better. But I mean, I mean, he he is the center of the film. So yeah, the the very well done interpretation of the character, even if he's not quite my favorite interpretation of the character. Yeah. And then the last of our heroes. Well, before we move on, we should talk about um, all of the um, Silas Stone. Oh, oh yeah, much bigger role in this film yeah. as well. And very, very interesting character as well. Sure, he dies in this film. Yeah. Well, he's introduced in this film and also dies in this film. Well, he, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of introduced in BBS, but... Yeah. That, that's one of the interesting things about this. And actually, I wonder if this might work better as a TV miniseries. Just because it introduces so much and then pays off so much. Um, and that, that's why it's four hours long, because there's a lot to get through. But I feel like almost a TV miniseries, you have, like time between each episode to kind of like establish something um so if you haven't seen this and for some reason you're listening to this i would actually recommend doing an hour or two a night rather than the whole thing at once i'd still say just watch it all at once i mean i mean it is it is partially a matter of preference yeah um but yeah it goes through so much from beginning to end and yeah, the character of Silas Goat is one of those characters who, I, I mean, it, it's really great. I think that the four hours aren't just, like, more spectacle. There's a lot of character stuff in here as well, and character stuff beyond just the Justice League. Yeah. So anyway, uh, our last of our main group of heroes is Superman. Yeah. Who's in this film. Briefly. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much to say about Superman. He's pretty much the same. Yeah. His... Not much of a story arc. He comes back to life, beats Stephen Wolf, and that's it. His black suit doesn't do anything. Um, and, and that is, like, Again, I'm going to complain about the color a lot. I do miss the color of the Superman suit. Yeah, I mean the black suit is more. If if they were going so, to be like, oh, that's the suit he wears when he comes back from the dead. Yeah, yeah but they took out the reason why he wears a black suit. Yeah, it's because it absorbs the sunlight. Yeah, it, it would have been if if 
if there was a reason, if there was especially a character change to correspond with it, if anything, he's gotten less cynical than in Batman versus Superman, so having him wear the black suit just feels kind of like... Yeah, it, it didn't work for me. Um, I understand that you want to do it for like the... You know, you just want to see him in the black suit, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I, I think I think sometimes... And I think the rest of the movie does so well at the Sometimes you do things because they work for the story, not because it's a reference to the comics. Sure. Or because they work for the characters. The entire character of Cyborg is a great example of this. He, he's a character that is very different from who he is in the comics and in other media because that's what works with the story. Yeah. You want know, to know something interesting about the soundtrack? I do want to know something interesting about the soundtrack. It's eight hours long. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that is... Usually, usually it's shorter than the film. Yeah, it's... It's an eight-hour soundtrack for a four-hour film. That that's amazing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why he did that, but there you go. Yeah, and who who's the composer? Is it? It's Junkie. Okay. Yeah. Cause Same composer for Kong. They they have different um. The the two different cuts have different composers. Right? Yeah, because yeah, the Whedon one has Danny Elfman, yeah, who's a fine composer, but not for that film, especially yeah. with what had come before. Yeah, I do, I do remember from the Joss Whedon cut that there were hints of the character themes. From there, the older movies, yeah. but not from this universe. Which I, I just like the Batman and Superman themes. I know, I, I loved it when I heard them. But it's also like, oh, that's not their theme, though. Yeah, I, I just liked it enough, but I didn't miss them in the in um, the Zack Snyder cut. No, I didn't miss them, but you know, they're I, they're their own thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, not really much to say about Superman. He comes back from the dead. He kills Steppenwolf. Yeah. And He's Superman. That, that was that was a very a very violent death. I'd say that he had more stuff to do in the other film. Yeah. But that stuff wasn't really well written. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I I have not particularly. This, this is actually this um Snyder cut is the most I've cared about the DCEU Superman. Um, what, what I'll say. What I have said in the past is that in the entirety of Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman, I never cared about the character of Superman. Whereas in the hour and a half long animated Death of Superman movie, it got me to care about Superman, even though the Death of Superman is in the title. Um, so, so I think him coming back and being a little less brooding I think it works yeah Be because we already have a lot of brooding characters mm, and that, yeah. that, was the, that was the issue I had with Batman vs. Superman I believe we did a podcast on it though so I oh yeah so many years ago back when we were young 
And, and it could also be, I mean, I saw the original Justice League cut right after I saw Batman versus Superman a year later. Now it's been four years since I've seen either of them. So with, with some time, it may just be my thoughts All right. a little bit. Yeah. Let's talk about the secret superhero in this film. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. We do need to talk about um, Lois Lane. Yeah, she, she was in this film. Yeah. I thought, I thought she had some very nice scenes. Or like her scenes were appropriate, of course, she, but she, she, had some, she, she had didn't very, really do much in this film. Yeah. Appropriately, of course. She, she gave a cup of coffee to a cop. Mostly in slow motion. <laughs> no, that wasn't the slow motion part, though. Uh, there was some slow motion in that coffee scene. Mm-hmm, was nah. But but then the yeah the the scene that I I like that she's in this movie because it gives sure yeah weight and it connects her to Superman. Yeah, like I like her in this film more than the Whedon version because she shows up because she sees Superman in this film and not yeah. because Bruce is like she's my secret weapon. <laughs> yeah. She she has a bit more agency. Yes. Um, and I mean Amy Adams is just such a good actor that anytime you can get her in a film is great. Um, but can we talk about the secret that. superhero in this film? Yeah, that that's one <laughs> of the two scenes. Well, maybe three scenes, but ah, uh, four scenes. We we've already talked about two of them: the mm-hmm. shirt sniffing and the flash introduction scene. But but another of the scenes that just really bothered me, and the scene itself is great, um, because it's this conversation between Lois Lane and Martha Kent. And it's a lot about, like, their emotions and very good character stuff. And I, I thought it was... I mean, you have two legendary actors working together in this scene. Very emotional. Very wonderful. And then Martha Kent steps outside the door and turns into the Martian Manhunter. <laughs> yeah. And it just makes absolutely no sense with the scene before it. Like, here's the thing. I love Martian Manhunter. And seeing him in live action is really cool. It's also like, but why, though? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's such this good scene between Martha Kent it, and... It's, it's why, Lane. though, because the dialogue doesn't really fit Martian Manhunter. Yeah. No, because... Martha tells Lois, I'm so proud of you. And like, oh, and I'm also selling the house. And then turns into Martian Manhunter. So that means Martian Manhunter went to Lois Lane's apartment, disguised himself as Lois Lane's mother-in-law to tell Lois Lane that her mother-in-law is proud of her and is selling the house. Um, so, also another strange thing is, apparently this was the original plan as well. That, 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 that Martian Manhunter 
was visited Lois as Martha. I mean, but something that I'm thinking of is, I wonder if it was supposed to be a different scene. Yeah, I feel like it has to be because it doesn't make any sense with the scene that they put it in. But you know, I'm I'm just psyched to see Martian Manhunter. That I just don't care. <laughs> you know, yeah, I it's mean, a scene I mean, that doesn't make much sense, but whatever. Manhunter. Yeah. He he's a cool character. It just. It bothered me so much when he showed up at the I end know. of the scene. I know. Well, I was excited, but it's still like, what? Okay. I think I think his scene later in the film, which is another scene that bothers me, but I think it makes more sense when he shows up there. <laughs> and we'll we'll talk about that it's, scene more later. It's a weird scene, but Martian Manhunter. Yeah. I, I wish he had actually been in the film. I wish that he had actually showed up for the final fight. I don't know, that'd be kind of much. Because then he had to set up his character. I mean, not necessarily. I I think he could have made it work. I think it would have worked better than having a very emotional scene between two characters we know and care about and then just having him, like, be one of those characters. But I mean, I mean, the, that's also the kind of thing where I understand like Zack Snyder might not be making. Also, any if you don't know who Martian Manhunter is, this is a really wild scene. Yeah. Like, well, what the heck is going on? Is what you're thinking. Yeah. It, it's a very, very strange scene, um, and, and that's why it's in the category along with the Flash introduction scene and the sniffing off a man's shirt scene as maybe things that it's a four hour movie maybe we didn't need it to be four hours long I just felt like with all the stuff that they wanted to do in this film it should have been either a longer film or two parts yeah I think think, though the story is so well contained to this film it's so I think that the parts that should not really be in this film are, are of course the epilogue. Yeah. Do do we want to talk about that or wait until after? We talk let's about just talk about the epilogue real quick. Okay. Yep. So we have the nightmare scene with yeah. Batman in the future in a post-apocalyptic future. You know the stuff that we saw in BVS, mm-hmm. which is really cool stuff. Obviously setting up for a possible sequel, but it doesn't really fit this movie. Yeah, and I gotta, I gotta be honest, I'm just not that interested in the nightmare stuff. I like it. Uh, yeah, I know some people like it. I just don't find it all that interesting. But, I mean, it, it kind of feels like, to me, the kind of thing that isn't ever going to like it's the kind of like future that you try and prevent type of storyline but we're um, never going to get to but we're never going Sadly. to get, yeah we're never going to get to it so it, it just feels out of place um mm-hmm. but I, I mean you have to you're trying to set up a cinematic universe so that's kind of part of it um but yeah the the scene itself where 
a, a character, a very popular character, played by a very controversial actor. Yeah, we know the Joker. The Joker shows up, and you know, I was really hoping that Leto would do a better performance. I mean, he did a I, better performance. It wasn't good. I wouldn't even say it was a better performance. It was weird. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I I still like that scene because I just like seeing the Joker. But still, it just felt like I was watching Jim Carrey. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It felt like exactly what I expected. Mm-hmm. The scene between Jared Leto's Joker and Ben Affleck's Batman to look like. It was awkward, not particularly well written, and just weird in ways that it shouldn't have been. It's not great, but I like it for some reason. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't like it. I thought it was just misplaced. Sure. And of course. It's all, the movie's already and this is the very end of the movie. So you've already been sitting there for four hours. And then there's just this, this tacked on scene. There isn't it isn't even an after credit scene. If it had been an after credit scene maybe I would be a little less harsh on it. But no, this is the last scene of the film before the credits roll. Mm-hmm. So it means I don't have to script through the credits to get there, but it also there's no buffer between it and the rest of the film. Yeah, and it's clearly just a scene for Snyder to do his last thing before yeah. he leaves. No, it doesn't. It doesn't connect to anything. It just kind of sits there. And yeah, the Martian Manhunter shows up at the end, which I thought looked better than Joker. But I don't know why he's showing up. Yeah, it's like. I have a stake in this planet. It's like, did you not before? You were a U.S. general. Yeah. It, it's very... I mean, it, it's setting up for a sequel that likely won't happen. Yeah. And but it, it shows how the cinematic universe type storytelling just sometimes doesn't work. Because if there were a sequel happening we would look back at the scene very differently than we are looking at it now. Yeah. And now it just feels awkward and it doesn't, it doesn't, it leaves a weird taste in your mouth after the rest of the film. But I think, I think I dis, or I, I liked the rest of the film less because of that scene. And because it was the last scene. That was the last impression it leaves before you get up from your computer. Yeah, I mean, there was also another tease before that scene with Lex Luthor and Deathstroke, which I felt was a much better tease than the one in the last film. Yeah, no, the the Injustice League is hilarious. It's like, Um, but why, though? The the Injustice League is absolutely hilarious. Don't don't get me wrong. I like the Injustice League... As a thing, but it just didn't really make sense yeah. why they would do that. Here, having having it be solely for Batman, I'm like, yeah, I want to see that movie. Yeah, yeah, and why Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor 
speaking no. of the disappointing villain. <laughs> um, yeah, it just doesn't work. We we really do need that Injustice League movie though with Jared Leto's Joker and Jesse Eisenberg's like like Luther just to watch if, the trash fire. Here's the thing: if there's just one Snyder Justice League thing left, is just do the apocalypse thing. That's all I yeah. want to see yeah. finished because that's all that's left that's set up. Yeah, I I, I don't yeah. I, I'm there. There are reasons I'm glad that Zack Snyder isn't making more DC movies, and it's unfortunate. It would have been interesting to see his interpretation, but Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor just doesn't work. Jared I don't really care. Character, which which was a Suicide Squad thing, so I don't know how much say Zack Snyder had in that, but it just doesn't work. Sure. Um. So yeah, then of course the villains of Stephen Wolf. Yeah. He is not the main villain. He is, but he's not the he's he's not like the one in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Which he was in Whedon, which was strange because everyone's waiting for Darkseid. (laughs) Yeah. I mean Yeah, I think so when you have a villain you want the villain to be either intimidating or interesting. It doesn't need to be that intimidating or that interesting. Just a little bit, a touch of one of those. The Joss Whedon version of Steppenwolf is not intimidating at all and it's not interesting at all. So the the Zack Snyder version... Looks cool. Looks intimidating. uh, Looks cool is maybe... I mean, I mean, it looks like he's wearing a magnetic outfit and he walked through his mom's silverware drawer. Um, but he's more imposing. So sure. He, and he has more of like a reason to be doing things. Yeah. He's more interesting. He's a little bit more imposing. He looks more ridiculous, but I, I mean, that that is, I, I have come to terms with that. Um, I think even the voice they changed a little bit. Um, Slightly, it's more so the modulation than the actor. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think they brought the actor back to redo lines, but well, maybe they did. Because I would guess they added. Maybe they didn't add lines, but who knows? But it, yeah, I think the the more geek side of things is dark side is in this film. Yeah, I I thought very well handled. I think I he, I yeah, wanted more dark side though, which is I honestly I honestly I think it's better that we didn't have more of him. I yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good. It's like the like the especially if we're Jaws. setting up for a sequel. The the shark in Jaws, just this character who you don't see a lot of and is more intimidating because of it. Because I mean to be honest, like the designs for all of the CGI characters, they kind of look the same. Like, they have that same kind of, like, gray CGI feel to them. So I feel like if we had gotten too much dark side, it would have started... He would have just started to seem a little bit comical. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think they handled the character well as a setup for a movie that will never happen. Yeah. It is a shame, because yeah. I really would have wanted to see what this dark side would have done. But... Yeah. Especially since, like, we don't really have a live-action dark side. We don't. Yeah. yeah. So, we just need one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I think... And part, part of it is you want the, like, the Thanos-level overarching villain. Um, and, and the way that they use Darkseid in the film feels very Thanos. Um, ah! Ha- having the... You good? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Just, just having the... Mostly interacting with, like, Steppenwolf is working for him but through Desaad this kind of it reminded me of the first Avengers movie sure um, and not not in a bad way I do I do like the idea though of the DCEU going in a different direction and kind of not needing an overarching villain to build to. I mean, sure, no, no, that whole thing is fine. I, I still don't think that a DCU has done well, that that well, so much afterwards. Because I don't really like Shazam. I don't really like Birds of Prey. Uh, I haven't seen Wonder Woman, but I do feel that there is some negativity towards it. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I'm a bit biased. I honestly, really like Birds of Prey. I really like Honestly, that. like, this this universe has just failed, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that. I think it has... I, I, think, it's, I think it's failed for what it started out to be. Yeah. Because it's like, it started out to be this one thing... And they just completely changed directions, and that's where I feel that they failed, because they changed things to be just way open ended now. Yeah, I mean, and what I like about that is it's more individual character focus. Um, but I, I do think you don't get the big event movies quite the same way. Um, and I've enjoyed. A lot of the scandal on DC. Yeah. Um, I would say I enjoy a lot of them more than I do the average Marvel film, though. The not so great DC movies tend to be less good than the average Marvel film, so. But yeah, um, more about this film. Stuff happens. Yeah, I thought I thought the flash forward to the dark side feature that was more interesting to me than the nightmare stuff. Yeah, so the like dark the, side feature. The very brief when before they resurrect Superman. I mean, that would be like, oh my gosh, this is what would happen. Yeah, yeah. If things go wrong. 
Yeah. I, I thought that worked well. Um, mm -hmm. better, better than any of the Nightmare stuff has worked for me. Sure. Keep saying that. Um, but yeah. Uh, what, what's really there to say about this film? Stuff happens. Pretty cool. I thought it was interesting that this was rated R. Not not in that I'm questioning the rating, but in I'm questioning the motivation behind the rating. And I don't know. I, yeah, Snyder's I guess, just doing stuff. Yeah, I would guess this was originally meant to be like Batman vs. Superman, where it, they would have toned down the violence and the swearing for the theatrical cut and then added it back in for the extended. Yeah. Um, I, I just, it, it's interesting seeing, because I, I mean, the Marvel films are very kid-friendly. I mean, not even necessarily kid-friendly, but they're designed for a wider audience. Yeah. And, and I wonder some, somewhat if that is partially responsible for the differing successes of the two franchises. Mm hmm Um, I guess, what's there really left to say? I mean, we could talk about that Flash moment. Yeah, I, I, I like the, the reversing time moment. I think it gave Flash something tangible to do. Mm hmm Because for the rest of the fight, he's kind of Running Off on his own, running in circles, <laughs> doing nothing else. Um, uh, but it, it gave like a whole tension, and it's like, yeah. holy crap, our hero is actually lost. Yeah, like, whoa! And then the Flash survives. I don't know how the Flash even survives. I mean, yeah. I mean, the best it way was. I could, the best way I could explain it is, well, while the explosion was happening, he was phasing. But there was no ground left, and yet he was running. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they gave him something to do. But yeah, that was like, a really cool moment. I really yeah, liked it. Yeah, that, that that was the kind of stuff that was missing from the Weedon cut. Sure, especially for for Flash and Cyborg, but like moments where they just get to be cool. Is there anything else we need to talk about in this film? Like, I know it's a really long film. There's lots of stuff we didn't talk about, but what's there really to say? I I mean, overarching things. I like the the whole superhero heist moment. When they break in. I mean, it's the, fine. The, it's average. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fun thing to do. That That's the kind of thing that... I don't think the Avengers have done that kind of thing. Except for Captain America, but not so much. Well, like, the the Avengers as like a whole team. Uh, I mean, I, I think, I think Endgame had their own heist type thing. Yeah, but that that was different. That wasn't the entire team working together. I I, I just think I mean I like heist moments, so I I thought it was fun. 
Yeah, because we, we talked about Martian Manhunter. We talked about Flash. Um, the fighting was fine. I, I am curious what you think of the visual style this film versus Whedon's cut. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was fine. I mean, there's not really much for me to say about it. Yeah. I, I liked some of it. I also disliked some of the like, I, I've already talked about the color, but yeah, I, I I missed color by the end of the film. I don't know. I was I was fine without it. I just I I feel like the color for the Whedon verse, while yes, it was pretty. I just didn't really feel like it really worked that well for what they were think, wanting I to do. Like the, the, I'm more talking about like the specific like, I think the mascara, the way Zack Snyder films it is just, it's no, it's filmed the exact same way Iceland is filmed. Sure. So I I don't know, it it gives a sameness to all of the locations. Which, I, I mean, there, there's good and bad in that. Yeah. I, I don't remember entirely if the leading cut had that. I, I feel like the leading cut might have also been the same, just more saturated. So. I feel like there was something that we were wanting to talk more about, but we didn't. It might have been. Was there a Batman moment that we wanted to talk about? I don't know. I don't. I don't recall any singling out any Batman moment. No. I feel like there was more about the Flash, though. Yeah. Well, we talked about the end, the last fight sequence with the Flash. Yeah. Which the entire the, the entire last battle worked better when there isn't like an awkward family in it. <laughs> yeah, the family there that makes no sense because it's a yeah. power plant. Yeah, it's like Chernobyl, but then there's a family living there. Yeah, I I do I do I will say the moment with the little girl where she pulls out the bug spray and the parademons are all around. Uh, no, no, that was fun. That was fun. It's cute, but I don't <laughs> think it works. I don't think it works. It, it's cute. I, I I don't know that it works with the tone of the film. I thought it was fun. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh. I, didn't, I didn't, like, miss it. Oh, yes. How about that scene with Batman in his car with a flash... That weird oh, music. The weird music. I do not remember the weird music. I do remember okay. thinking... Cause like when they first meet, because yeah. it, it does this weird dubstep music when he shows off his car. Oh, yeah. It's just... <laughs> and, I mean, that that scene, I thought that was a Joss Whedon scene. I thought the... I'm What's rich. your power, I'm rich. I thought that was a Joss Whedon line. That's not, think... That should not be his line, though. Yeah. His line should be on Batman. Yeah. it It's the type of self-aware that doesn't work in that's, the type of that's, film. No, it's a type of self-aware that's more of a Marvel thing than a DC yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And 
I don't dislike it. Uh, maybe I do kind of dislike it. I kind of dislike it, but I don't hate it. It, it. it surprised me that it was still in the film. Um, and, and that was like, we, we talked about the key moment, which is a great moment that doesn't break with the logic of the film. I think that was a moment that broke with the logic of the film. Which moment? The, the I'm rich. Uh-huh. Yeah, the the team moment with um, Wonder Woman and or Diana and Alfred that that worked much better as like a moment of humor. Sure, but I mean, I I am just glad to have any humor in a Zack Snyder film. So that uh, that is not unintentional. Yeah, overall, I'd say that it's it's all right. It's it's, it's a fun movie not the greatest thing in the world but you can watch it i mean it, it's it might be my favorite of the snyder films that i've seen maybe even even i think it's even better i i think honestly because part part of the problem with snyder films for me is that they're all kind of the same type of grandiose over-the-top self-serious, and it, it felt like this one was a little less grandiose, a little less over-the-top, and a little less self-serious. I think I think this movie, as a whole, with all the characters, is the best for Snyder. It's, it's the most character-focused. Uh-huh. Well, I do prefer Batman in the BBS more so his action scenes and the way he looks than, you know, the character, but... It's fine. Yeah. I I mean, I even prefer this to, like, watch 300, although I haven't seen 300 in a while. Sure, yeah. All right. Is there uh, anything else you want to add to this? Um, I, I have a question for you. Where do you hope... DC will go in the future? And uh, do you hope that there's any continuation of the Snyderverse, or do you think, I think it's done? Here's the, I think it's done. Um, but, but, you know, if there is another movie, that's fine. I'd be fine for it. But I just think it's also just the actors have kind of moved on at this point. Yeah. But, um, yeah. For the DC as a whole, I don't know. I think... I don't know. Could maybe use, like, a soft reboot or something. Yeah. Isn't it... That, that's going to be the Flashpoint movie. Here's the thing. I don't know if the Flashpoint movie is actually going to do that. But that's how it usually works. In comics, yeah. flashpoints fixes everything. Yeah, it, it feels very um, X Men: Days of Future Past in that regard. Um, which, I mean, there were good things and bad things about that one as well. I would say X Men: Days of Future Past is probably the last good X Men movie, except for Logan. And I guess yeah. that's cool. but those those aren't really X Men; those are my solo films. Sure, yeah. 
Hopefully that's not the case for Flashpoint. Of what? That that is the last good DC movie. Although. Oh no no heck no please I, no. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't say there have been that many good DC movies. Actually, let, let me look at this. I mean, I I'd say there's a lot actually of good DC movies if you include animated movies the, the as DC, well. You, the DCU specifically. Oh no, there's not a whole lot. Yeah. Like. I'd say DCU doesn't have a good track record. Like, here's the thing. I love Batman vs. Superman, but I don't think it's my ideal setting for the art heroes. Yeah. So, if our, if we do reboot this universe, I hope they take a page from the Justice League animated TV show that worked well and was good. Yeah. Set up, set up your main characters, <laughs> such as such as Batman and Superman. First, get those set up first. And you've already set up Aquaman and Wonder Woman, Shazam. I mean, here's Wonder. the thing: it's like you don't. I mean, if we're just starting start starting over from scratch. I don't. I don't know if we want to start over from scratch. I, mean, I, like, think, I think Wonder Woman's too popular. Like here's the thing. If we start off from, from scratch, I think the way you should do it is the way that they did do it, like twenty years ago. Thirty yeah. years ago. You start out with Batman. Have it just be his solo thing. Bring in Superman. Have it be his own thing. And then you do a thing where you introduce their other characters within that world in films. Then you finally do the Justice League, where you can still introduce a lot of those characters in that movie, but explore them more in their sequel films. Yeah. Do you think there's any hope for the DCU? I mean, there's always hope. I mean, the Flash movie sounds interesting. That's about it. I mean, the Suicide Squad movie... Honestly, like I don't give a crap thing. about Suicide Squad. It's not a concept I really care for. I don't really feel that this movie is gonna be my favorite. I don't think it'll be my favorite as well. I just hoping that it's one of the good DCU movies. I, I won't say it's going to be a good DCU movie. I'm just going to say at least we have Polka Dot Man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it looks like in, it'll at least be fun. It doesn't even look fun to me. It just looks like, okay. looks like a fake fun movie. But it's James Gunn. Yeah. So it's fine. Either way, it, it just it's the Suicide Squad just really has mainly for me my dislike of Harley Quinn. Yeah, I, I'm a Harley fan, so here's the thing. I like Harley. Just not the Harley that we've been seeing in these past few years. Okay. I, I like I mean 
Birds of Prey is my favorite DC EU film. Oh, so. I do. I hate that movie. It's, it's I know, terrible. I know you do. I, I know you do. Like they butchered because the, there's characters that I love so much. Like, what the heck are they? Who are these people? I I just thought it was fun. Why why is Montonia Montoya just ignored? Like, what's going on? I, I thought it was a great movie. Ah, and Wonder no. Woman is good. Matthew, Shazam. don't say great. I I mean it. it. It might be one of my top films of 2020. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't. I know we disagree on that, but we we disagree on many things. Mm-hmm. Sure, we do. What What is your favorite DCU film? Is it Batman vs Superman? Oh, the DCU. Yeah. That we have so far. Or is Joker technically DCU? I have no. it on my list. So. No, Joker is Elseworld. Okay, well, I have it on my list, and I'm not going to take it off. So if you want to put it on your top, then go for it. My top for what? For DCU. Or even just recent DC films. What are we talking about here? Are we doing a list? We can do a list. I have a list. Ah, oh, dear Matthew, you're, you're too much, man. I am too much. Mm-hmm. Alright, is there anything else related to this film that we need to talk about? Um, four hours was long. Alright, that seems like it. Okay. Yeah. I guess, I don't know that we've given our, like, final thoughts on it. I mean, I don't really have any final thoughts to say. Like, everything that's that can be said about movie this movie has been said it's like I don't know it's just way too it's, much is it good bad mediocre it's, I'd say it's good excellent incredible I wouldn't say it's that but it's good <laughs> yeah I, I would it, ha- it has excellent moments but I wouldn't say it's good yeah better than the Whedon version <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. doesn't take much. Shush. Anyway, thank you guys for watching and listening, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.